Coming to you live from the heart of the Nippy Radio Recording Studios, welcome. Today we're going to be discussing excited utterances and present sense impressions. What are the differences? Two of the most useful exceptions to the rule against hearsay evidence being introduced to trial are excited utterance and present sense impression. These exceptions are out-of-court statements introduced for the truth of their content that can be testified to by the person who made the statement, known as the declarant, or someone other than the declarant who heard the statement when it was made. Regardless of whether or not the declarant testifies at trial, this evidence is admissible as long as it is considered not to be testimonial in nature. The Crawford effect on the admission of excited utterances and present sense impressions is the following. As long as the proffered evidence meets the general criteria to qualify as an excited utterance or a present sense impression, and the officer speaking with the declarant is collecting information to deal with an ongoing emergency, it will be considered non-testimonial and will not be precluded as a violation of the Crawford rules, even if there is questioning being done of the victim or witness by the law enforcement personnel. If the emergency is no longer present, and the purpose of the interrogation is now to establish or prove past events potentially relevant to later criminal prosecution, then the statement is considered to be testimonial in nature and not admissible as direct evidence. The following point should always be remembered when you are arguing about a Crawford issue with the defense. If you intend to call as a witness the person who made the statement, Crawford is no longer applicable. The basis for all Crawford arguments is the defendant is denied the right of confrontation. But if you call the person to testify who made that out-of-court statement, the defense has the opportunity to confront that witness and to cross-examine him and her. Crawford in these cases is irrelevant. In the written NIPTI practice tip, we have a chart which conveniently lays out the different factors that do or do not apply to each one of these two hearsay exceptions, and you will be able to clearly see which one of these, if not both, apply to your specific statement when evaluating whether or not you should introduce it at trial. Here is a summary of that material and the factors you need to address in order to ensure your statement qualifies under one of these two exceptions to the hearsay rule. First factor is the time between the event and the statement. Is that determinative? When it comes to present sense impression, yes it is. The two must be substantially contemporaneous in order to so qualify. But for an excited utterance, no. As long as the declarant is still under the influence of the startling event, the time is not relevant. Is the nature of the event a determining factor? When it comes to present sense impression, it is not. Any event of any kind can be the subject of a present sense impression. But when it comes to excited utterance, the nature of the event is determinative. In an excited utterance, the event must be a startling event of such nature that it stills the declarant's ability for studied reflection. Is there a corroboration requirement? When it comes to present sense impression, yes. 
the substance or content of the statement must be substantially corroborated in order to so qualify. But when it comes to an excited utterance, if all the other criteria are met, no corroboration is required. Is the declarant required to testify? The answer to this question as to both is a resounding no. It must be clear when arguing for the admission of either one of these hearsay exceptions that whether or not the declarant testifies is irrelevant. All the other factors must be met, but the declarant testifying is not one of the factors for either one of these hearsay exceptions. Must the declarant be a participant in the event? The answer as to both is no. While certainly the declarant is often a victim or a participant in the crime, it may also be an eyewitness who gives the excited utterance or makes a present sense impression statement. May part of the statement be the result of questioning? The answer to that is yes, as long as the questioning is being done to secure information to deal with an ongoing emergency and is not being done merely to collect evidence for a future prosecution. When it's the latter, this now becomes testimonial in nature and is a violation of Crawford and Washington and will not be permitted to be introduced. The introduction of an excited utterance or present sense impression is not improper bolstering. Both are evidence that may be admitted when they meet the requirements laid out by the courts to qualify as one or both of these exceptions. As with most evidence, the fact that you may be able to introduce other evidence to prove the point for which the excited utterance or present sense impression is being introduced for does not mean this evidence should be precluded. There is no specific balancing aspects to the rules of admissibility for excited utterance or present sense impression as there are for, say, uncharged crimes or the use of prior convictions or bad acts for cross-examination purposes. Nor is the argument that you have too much evidence appropriate to preclude its introduction. The rules of evidence that apply for the admissibility of all evidence in general apply to determine the admissibility of an excited utterance or present sense impression. If the statement fits the criteria for either or both of these hearsay exceptions, it should be admitted. In arguing for the admission of an out-of-court statement as a present sense impression or an excited utterance, if that statement qualifies under both exceptions, you must be sure to argue both for the foundational basis for its admission. In doing this, you preserve the right to make those arguments on appeal. And this way, if the appellate court feels it is not appropriate under one, you still have the basis of the second in order to secure its proper admission and to secure your verdict. To find the case law authority for the issues we've discussed today, along with many case examples and other issues addressing these two exceptions to the hearsay rule, please be sure to see the two separate memos in PE, one addressing each in more detail. Also, please be sure to give a good read to the NIPTI practice tip comparing exciting utterances and present sense impression, which include the chart we've just discussed. Our thanks to our crack producer, Jonathan Marconi Crespino. Take care, my friends, and stay ready. Stay ready.